Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Simply Feedback. Today, we're delighted to be speaking with Gerilyn Mastroianni. Gerilyn is a human resources executive at Dentsu, where she brings nearly 20 years of cross-industry experience aligning people strategy to enable business results. She is a wife, mother of two, yogi, feminist, and executive coach, and she is passionate about helping talented people reach their fullest potential. A cancer survivor herself, she works with survivors who struggle to find their new normal, build their strength and confidence, and give themselves permission to find self-care following treatment. Gerilyn, it's fantastic to have you on our, on our podcast, Simply Feedback, today. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, I've really enjoyed all of these, these conversations, and, and I'm especially excited to get to talk to you today. Um, so I, I read through the bio, you know, kind of the official, the, the official bio, but um, um, would you maybe tell us a little bit about your background, how you got started, um, or, or how you kind of came to be where you are now? Sure. I have always been interested in psychology and social behavior in organizations. And when I was in, in college, I discovered the field of organizational psychology. I didn't, didn't even know it existed. And uh, the fact that you could bring those things together was really fascinating to me. And so I, I pursued that path, um, really thinking about human behavior in, in organizational settings and motivation and how to, how to support people through change and um, took me to, to grad school. And what I loved about you know, deepening my education in the organizational development field is that I really got taught early to think about uh, an organization as an organism that has these interconnected systems. When you tweak hmm. one part of the system, it impacts everything else in the system. And thinking about organizational behavior uh, is a lot is a lot like that. So I, I cut my teeth in, in consulting. I really enjoyed um, problem solving and taking that consultative approach um, to understanding the root cause of, of something that was going on in an organization and figuring out what was causing what was causing it, how to tease out the symptom from from the root cause, um, and that's that rigor, that, that way of thinking is something that's really served me in, in the other roles that I've had in talent development. And um, after a number of years in, in consulting and talent roles, I moved into HR business partner roles. And, and that's, I think, where I've, I've found my home. Uh, I, I've just kept taking on work and roles that interested me, that make the employee experience better. Um, and for me, it's it's all about that employee focus, the culture, and that's what drives ultimate business results, not the other way around. And I think it takes yeah. leaders with a longer perspective to understand that and apply it. Um, and that's been something that that I've really tried to focus on really throughout my career. I, I like that idea of leaders with a longer perspective. I think it's easy to get caught up in the short-term perspective, um, you know, but to, to have a leader who's sort of looking out there longer term can really make a difference, I think. 
Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, the, the, the podcast is simply feedback. We, we like to talk a lot about feedback, but I wonder if there's a time in your life that somebody gave you feedback that had a significant impact on you. Um, is there a time like that that you could share with us? Absolutely. Um, you know, Amy Cuddy, the, the Harvard psychologist who studies first impressions, she has, uh, has a, a book that's quite well known called Presence. And in that book, she talks about how people quickly answer two questions when they first meet you. The first question is, can I trust this person? And the second question is, can I respect this person? And psychologists refer to those dimensions as warmth and competence, respectively. And ideally, you want to be perceived as having both. Um, and at work, professionals often over-index on the importance of the competence component. Am I, uh, am I credible? And, and that's actually what I, what I was doing uh, earlier in my career. I wanted to be seen as credible, proficient, you know, taken seriously, especially sure. as a woman in professional services. And I received uh, the feedback earlier in my career that I, that I was over-indexing on, on that uh, component and that people were craving more connection from me, from my interactions with them. And so that was really a turning point for me to think about what is the lasting impression I want to leave. And, and I've really intentionally shifted down uh, my focus on task and competence, particularly early on in relationships to, to build trust and to make sure I'm not skipping past that part because I, I have you know this desire to to be buttoned up or, or respected in some way. So that's been, um, you know, an important, that was a really important learning. And I was so grateful to have received that feedback when I did. That's, that's fantastic. And, and honestly, that's something that I identify with myself. I'm, you know, I graduated in computer science. My, my main job at Learning Bridge is not podcast host, right? It's, it's actually to, write code and to, you know, make things go from a technical perspective here at Learning Bridge. And so it's very easy and comfortable for me to kind of be heads down in the computer, ticking off the tasks, you know, one by one. And, and I recognize that can be a weakness in my own self sometimes is to, hey, don't forget to focus on the connection on the relationships with others at work. Um, so that's, that's a great, um, it's important to keep that in mind. And I'm glad that's something that you were able to hear early in your career because it can set up a, a direction for you, you know, going forward. It absolutely does. So you, you talked about working in talent development. What are some of the challenges that, that you deal with in your role in talent development? There's a, there's a couple that come to mind. I think one is everybody wants to receive feedback. Um, employees want feedback, especially, especially high-performing employees. And when they don't get that feedback, they'll seek it elsewhere. So it really speaks to the importance of the performance management or performance development process and system in an organization that really enables that conversation to take place and to the culture within the organization. Um, so having, having tools that support the ongoing conversations, anytime, real-time feedback, having it be part of just what naturally happens throughout the conversations in an organization is, is so important. Um, 
and the the idea that the feedback is given with positive intent i think that you know can be a real game changer in terms of how an organization is able to move forward and grow um, even in challenging times like the times we're in right now um, you know, when employees are under more stress there's more more burnout more fatigue um, it's so important for that connection to yeah. be maintained you mentioned that employees like to receive feedback especially high potential employees yeah. and and i thought I, I think that's true. At the same time, I think a lot of what we do at Learning Bridge is we try to make feedback palatable to someone because it can be, uh, it can cause some anxiety to receive that feedback as well, right? Uh, you know, what is it going to be? Um, and, and so there's also maybe that, that side of it is you crave that feedback, but at the same time, you're maybe a little bit nervous to get it because you don't know what it's going to be like. Um, so that was one sort of thought that I had. But the other thing I realized, I, um, I've talked about this on the, on the podcast before. My wife is a sixth grade school teacher. And one of the things in her relationship with the school director, she struggles a little bit sometimes because the director is kind of takes the approach sometimes that if you're not hearing from me, that means I think you're doing a good job. And, and my wife's personality is like, I want to hear the good things that I'm doing, don't just give me feedback when I need to change something, but give me feedback when I'm doing a good yeah. job. And I think that really applies as well. Um, and, and maybe especially for those high potentials who probably are doing a good job and, uh -huh. and need to hear some feedback, some positive feedback that they are. Hey everyone, I wanted to interrupt today's episode for just a minute to talk to you a little bit about feedback. We're in the middle of the podcast, Simply Feedback. And as you know, that's all about helping people to use feedback to make the most of their careers and lives. Over the years we've been doing this, we've gotten a lot of questions about feedback. And I wanted to tell you, we've created a series of short videos that answer the various questions that we've received. To get to these videos, go to learningbridge.com tips. You can watch the first three videos that explain the four types of feedback that people give and how to act on each type. Then, while you're there at learningbridge.com slash tips, go ahead and subscribe to receive a short video each week, usually around two minutes long, that will teach you or remind you of different principles to make the most of feedback so that it works for you. Again, you can find these free videos at learningbridge.com slash tips and even share the tips with others. Check them out one more time. That's learningbridge.com slash tips and subscribe for the weekly updates. And now let's get back to today's episode. Yes, 100%. I think that the word feedback is, um, it has, it can have a, almost a negative and sometimes an anxiety provoking yeah. connotation and response. It's, it's sort of mislabeled um, in, in that sense. And I think about it as, it's about growth, right? And it's about moving you forward, less less about the back part. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I think the more we can de, uh, I don't know, stigmatize just the word and have it be about uh, that positive 
how do you build on your strengths? How do you continue doing more of what your what's in your sweet spot is, you know, that's the, that's so key because if somebody walks into a conversation and feels like every time they're having a feedback conversation, it's about, here's the list of things that you didn't do well. You know, nobody, nobody's super jazzed to have that conversation, but if it's a conversation of here's where you're, here's where you're shining and here are some areas where we could use that, that shine. Um, it's so much more of a motivating discussion, but the growth for sure growth for aspect sure. of it is is so important. And it's I think it was David David Rock who did some research and said that for every you know negative piece of feedback or developmental piece of feedback that someone receives, they need to hear five positive things to counter counteract the impact of that. Yeah. Um, and that's a good reminder that we're we are just naturally focused as human beings to kind of glom onto the the negative piece of it. It's just where we look first. I actually, when I share the yeah. the, the Learning Bridge 360 reports, I um, really make a specific and concerted effort to talk to people about reading both sides of the qualitative feedback because inevitably they go right to the side of the page that focuses mm-hmm. on the, you know, where can I improve? What can I do better? And that's great to want to know that and have that urge to, to be better, of course, but we tend to overlook or, or discredit easily. That, oh yeah, well, that was luck or that person attributed this thing to me and it wasn't really me. And you got to own the positive things as much as some of the things that will help yeah. you know, grow. I think the word discredit is is really appropriate there. It's it's very easy to discredit those positive pieces of feedback. You know, you say, "Oh, they don't know me that well," or "That's only what they see on the outside," and and yet we give full weight and full credit to that negative feedback that that might come, even if it's from the same source. You know, right, right, exactly. It's such an interesting phenomenon to watch it happen. It doesn't matter what level you are in the organization that. What, what industry we're in, I've seen that phenomenon happen across so many different employees. It's um, Well, I was going to ask you, is there, is there a specific story or a, an experience or a time when you've seen feedback cause a point of inflection in somebody's um, career, whether it's positive or negative feedback? Yeah. I was working with a leader, a senior leader who had come in to manage a team that was new to him and about two to three months in it, it was a little rocky and he didn't quite understand why. And there wasn't, there wasn't really an open dialogue that was happening amongst the team and, and with the new leader. And so I got engaged to facilitate a feedback conversation So I met individually with all the team members and asked them like a sort of a stop, start, continue of the leader. What's going well? Mm -hmm. What's, what's, what are you getting that, you know, is is exceeding your expectations? What do you need more of? What do you need less of? What would you do differently? What advice would you give this leader? And asked each team member individually, collected and synthesized that feedback and um, anonymously presented it back to the leader and said, here's, here are the themes that came out of these conversations. 
And the leader was just blown away by his own blind spots around how he mm. thought he was being, um, how, how he thought he was coming off versus how he was being perceived by the team. And um, he was able to really digest the feedback that was being given about, about him and his style and to sit back in front of his team in person and to say, hey, thank you so much for participating in this exercise. Here's what I learned. Mm -hmm. Here's what I heard you collectively share. And here's what I'm committing to do differently as a result. And I think that it sounds very simple, but you know, people will sometimes shy away from getting in front of a group, especially the team that they're leading yeah. and saying like, here's, here's a blind spot that I had that I, I just didn't, didn't know was there. And thank you for helping me and please help keep me accountable as we move forward. And as I've stated, I want to, uh, you know, to be more open and transparent with my communication to, uh, to really trust the team to be able to uh, do their work um, and, and to be the, the competent professionals that they were, they were hired to be. So it was really, it was really game changing to watch the, the team members kind of go, Oh, wow, he owned it. And he's, yeah, off, you can't fake that, right. That comes off. Uh, he was super authentic in his, in his ownership of it and in his commitment to, to action. So that, that came through and it was, it was a really big turning point. For this particular it probably did, went a long way towards building trust um, between him and, and those employees as well to own that feedback and and be upfront about here's what I heard here's what I'm going to be doing to to do things differently. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah. That vulnerability is the vulnerability is so important. The the other thing that I think of when when you share that story is that that kind of feedback. Obviously, it hadn't been happening naturally until you were engaged to kind of come in and start to facilitate that. It's not, at least in that case, it wasn't something that was sort of naturally occurring in the course of, of his leadership and his working with, with those employees, but, but ended up being so valuable. And with, you know, if you hadn't been engaged, it might have never happened. Yeah. And it took, it was actually this senior leader's uh, leader who recognized that and said, mm. actually, I think mm -hmm. all the raw materials are here. The potential is here. The right skills yeah. are here, but there needs to be something to jumpstart and to facilitate a better conversation. And, um, and that's, that's really all that needed was a little bit of ignition. And once that mm -hmm. sort of ignition happened, they were, they were off and running. But again, it speaks to that. There's that hesitancy, right? That, oh, is this going to be yeah. an uncomfortable conversation? And it can really be so magical when you when you lean into it. Yeah. Geraldine, are there um, are there projects or initiatives that that you're working on or helping with that are exciting for you that you want to that you think our listeners would be interested to hear about? One of the things that I'm super passionate about right now is um, leaning into my my coaching practice um, I have been focusing on supporting and coaching women in particular through returning to the workforce after they've had uh, a child 
and are are nervous about reentry. Mm-hmm. And I've also been uh, focused on working with cancer survivors who are uh, looking for a new path, but are unsure about how to to go about that. And what I think is really fascinating about coaching and the coaching dynamic, and particularly as it relates to feedback, is that um, in coaching, you have this amazing role of unlocking someone's potential and mm-hmm. sort of like letting them get over whatever hangups they have about themselves, reflecting a mirror of somebody's greatness back to them. And in a powerful coaching relationship, you can really help somebody shed some of the inner monologue they may have about uh, themselves that doesn't serve them and help them absorb, absorb the positivity, positive feedback they've been given uh, throughout their lifetime or positive experiences they've had that can turn into uh, a, a new direction for them. And so being, being a mirror in that way to help uh, people reflect back on themselves and, and not only be looking for that external validation is a really, really powerful thing. So I've been getting a lot of value and just personal excitement and just having fun really with these conversations mm-hmm. with, with these survivors and with these, these women. Um, and so that's, that's been what's really exciting for me, you know, especially over the last year, I'd say. As you think about our listeners, there there probably are women who are trying to return to the workforce after having a child or potentially even, you know, dealing with something as challenging as cancer. Is there some specific advice that you could give um, to to folks in that kind of a situation? Knowing, of course, coaching can be a very individual uh, relationship, but but are there some maybe some more generic pieces of advice you could share with us? I think when people go through a profoundly life-changing experience, like having a child or uh, having, a, having a life-threatening illness, there are things that fundamentally shift about, about you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certain windows and doors open up that you might not have, have foreseen. And I think the a tremendous amount of, of power can come from just listening, leaning into that and taking a moment and sitting with an idea, right? People, people make life-changing decisions after having those sorts of experiences, changing direction entirely in their careers or uh, whatever the case may be, starting their own business or just changing industries quitting work entirely and focusing on a passion project. Uh, There's so many different things that it's all inside people and there are different triggers that bring them out. So I think the advice I would give is to listen to that, listen to that voice that is urging you or sort of poking. What Mm -hmm. if you did that? What if you could, what if you are this other thing and you just, you needed a little push in that direction and just, being open to that and receiving that and then seeing where it leads you is, it's just, it's amazing what can happen. That's where the passion lies, right? When, when you listen to that inner voice, that's where the, the motivation to push forward and, 
And like you mentioned earlier, just figuring out how to get out of your own way sometimes to, to yeah. really move ahead and do the thing that you want to do and not let your, let your own self hold you back. Right. From that. Right. Right. How can you be giving yourself a, a positive, positive self-talk? Often the voice in our heads can be a little negative, cr critical, we'll call it your inner critic. Yes. Right? It's always telling you something you didn't do or do as well. And what if you could flip that voice and have it just be a, here's, here's all the amazing things that you've done, that you are, that you will be. It's, it's a really powerful reframing. Yeah. What if you are good enough or what if you are qualified enough to do that thing that, that you're afraid to, to try. Right. Yeah. yeah. The place coming from a place of empowerment. That's awesome. I like that a lot. Well, this is this has been a fantastic conversation. Um, you know, if people want to know more, if they wanted to continue the conversation with you, is that something that you would be open to? I would love to. I would love to. Um, you can find me on LinkedIn. Um, okay. I'd love to, to continue the conversation and um, look forward to it. They are fascinating ideas. And, you know, I had the chance to read some of the, the, the articles that you wrote about your own experience with cancer. Truly um, inspiring and, and motivating to read what you shared. It was really very interesting to me to read. And so um, I would encourage others to get in touch with you on LinkedIn and learn some more about those experiences that you went through. Gerilyn, thank you so much for joining us for your time today. It's been a wonderful conversation. I really enjoyed it and I appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today.